Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, hello and welcome to our second Sedgemore Trade Talk podcast. That's the worst introduction I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to say? Something that's less cheesy. Hello and welcome to our second Sedgemore Trade Talk podcast. Once again, I'm James Watton and I'm here with Andy Clements to recap today's trade. Talk to Rob Baker for a further in-depth look at the Sturk trade. And also we take a closer look at the sale of farms and land with insights from land agent Rob Baker and accountant Kate Bell. To the trade, a very busy day with 1,723 cattle, 6,125 sheep, 211 pigs and plenty of fodder. Dairy had 77 and topped at 2,480 for a pedigree heifer from Jim and Teresa Summerhays. There were 828 stores that topped at 1,700 for an Angus from E.M. Burridge. A disappointing calf trade to top at 300 for a blue heifer from the White family, part of the 456 entered. Bumper sheep section with over 6,000 forward to top at 255 for a killing ewe from S&A Bevan. Store lambs to 121 for C.A. Churchill and goats to 158 for David Verney. And what the trade has been like just today, and also, I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> and to talk so about. So, the trade the, today, are we talking about? The tra- trade today. Oh, it's today's trade. trade. We're yeah. never going to get through this. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to have a lot of editing on this. And to talk about the uh, 339 Sturks that were here today and what the trade has been doing and is likely to do, we welcome auctioneer, land agent, and now heading up our new Redhill office, Rob Baker. Yeah, so we've had an excellent entry, as Andy said, 339 Sturks today. Must say that the quality was outstanding right throughout. We're just starting to come to the end of um, the autumn bus calf trade. Some excellent suckle calves forward, a number over a thousand. So we stopped the Sturt trade at 1,165 for an excellent blue steer. And there were plenty others, some really nice consignments of Charolais steers forward. A number of them were all over a thousand. So yeah, some really nice quality sorts. We thank all vendors for those excellent consignments because those better types are definitely wanted at the moment. So Rob, with the Sturt trade being so good at the moment and feed costs being sort of fairly high, what would your thoughts be on someone heading into the winter? Should they be selling them now or trying to push them onto the store section next year? I think, I mean, it's been an interesting time. A lot of vendors have been asking the same question. Really, the gap in the Sturt trade has widened between the second quality and the best source. If you've got those best quality sorts at the moment, they continue to sell well. And I would probably advise selling them sooner rather than later than perhaps hold them on to next spring. The second quality sorts have been harder work on, you know, there's a lot coming forward, smaller for their age and showing the effects of, you know, the dry summer that we've had. I know on the calf trade, the natives has been struggling a bit of late. Is that a similar story in the Sturk section? Um, not so much with the Angus and the Herefords. The dairy bread sorts have been continuing to sell well, really, if they're well grown for their age. No, as long as they've got the name sires. They do sort of sell well. Some of the Angus heifers can be a little bit volatile now and then. I think moving forward as we get towards, I think we now we've come to the end of the um, autumn bus cars. I think numbers will start to be tight as we head towards Christmas. People are still very much looking for Sturks at the moment. So, you know, if you have got some sale now, now may be a good time before this side of Christmas. Thank you, Rob. Last week, we had a real focus on the new entrance to farming, and perhaps we're on the other end of the scale this time because we're going to look this week at the uh, sale of land and farms. So now we welcome Kate Bell, who's joins us. Uh, she's a partner at Albert Goodman, the accountancy firm, and also a dairy farmer's wife. Welcome, Kate. We've brought you on to discuss a little bit further some of the tax implications and a few other sort of more accountancy side of things of the sale of land and farms. So welcome. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for asking me here today. 
the first sort of question, quite an open-ended one for you, really, would be ahead of us looking to market farms, market land. Would there be anything we should be considering and a landowner should be considering that would sort of affect their tax situation? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's quite a large subject. So when we're looking at the sale of farms or farmland, generally, unless it's within a limited company, we're thinking about capital gains tax, which is the tax payable on disposal of land and farms. After the budget recently, I suppose it's worth clarifying that the capital gains tax rates for farmland stayed at 10 to 20 percent. It's looking at whether actually you're going to cease farming altogether to look at ceasing a farming trade and locking into a 10 percent capital gains tax rate rather than 20 percent capital gains tax rate. Other things that we can think about is looking at who owns it. So you do get a small, but you still do get a tax-free amount. So it's it's just over 12,000 at the moment. March next year or April next year, it will go down to 6,000. So there's lots in terms of looking at maximising tax relief. One might be either the lotting of the farm or the valuation of the farm, because often a farmhouse can qualify for principal private residence relief, meaning that the farmhouse could be sold tax-free, which is always advantageous because it ends up with more in the people's pocket. What about succession planning? Where should farmers start if they haven't got an obvious successor? How does this differ if they do have someone to follow on? Well, this is something I suppose we're seeing more and more, uh, the lack of successors within agriculture. Perhaps they are looking at mum and dad and thinking that's not necessarily the lifestyle that I desire. So I've got a few clients at the moment that are looking for a five-year exit plan whereby there's not necessarily a successor and we're looking at either selling or letting out the farm, depending on the income requirements and where they want to live. But in terms of there not being a successor, I do think it doesn't necessarily always come down to selling the farm. Letting the farm out can also be a good position to be in, particularly with agricultural property relief as it is at the moment. If you've owned it for seven years, owned the farm for seven years, even if you are letting it out when you pass away, you're still entitled to 100% agricultural property relief on the agricultural value. There is a lot of opportunity around for diversification of old buildings. What should people be thinking when they're sort of planning the development with a goal of selling that? Yeah, so planning development is a huge topic. I say VAT is one of the elements that catch a lot of people out. VAT on land transactions are not necessarily straightforward. The other one, if it's looking for sale, it's looking at getting into the right ownership for diversification. So whilst it's in agricultural use, you can actually gift it without paying any capital gains tax. So you can defer it whilst it's in agricultural use and qualifying for agricultural property. So getting it into the right ownership is really key. Bearing one, we're heading into, well, apparently heading into a recession for the next few years, and there's expectations that the property market's going to contract. Where would you say someone should start if they're a bit concerned about their sort of farming business and whether they should be sort of selling off assets before they devalue too much? Yeah, it's a good question, actually, James, because I think it goes back to looking at that one, two, and five-year plan and whether there is any succession and having the conversation with the successors as to what the future of that business looks like. There's different scenarios. I appreciate where some will look to sell as they come out of the industry and others can't afford to buy to take on a farm. 
would share farming or contract farming, are they good things to be looking at if you're in that circumstance? Absolutely. And I do think we'll see more share farming and contract farming agreements coming out. A big thank you to Kate Bell for coming in to talk to us today. We're pleased that we're keeping Rob uh, Baker on to chat about this. So, Rob, the property market has been on the climb over the last couple of years. What's the outlook like for 2023? In terms of the land market, as we head in towards 2023, we'll continue to remain stable. I mean, it's well documented at the moment uh, with a Chancellor's statement this week that we are in a recession. And I think the property market on a whole is actually easing, but farms and land continue to be in demand and sell well. Land in particular is well known as as a safe investment. And if you look at the land values generally over the last 10 or 20 years, even there is generally an upward trend in land values. So there are very much people still out there looking to buy and invest in land. So is that where your buyers are generally coming from? Are they sort of investor buyers or are they active farmers or? The land market is a very big place. I mean, we come across buyers right across the spectrum, whether it's people looking at buying just a couple of acres as pony paddock or short-term investment, which we did see a lot of people through COVID keen to buy a small paddocks of land right across the spectrum to investors. That market has certainly grown as all I've experienced it in the last 12 or 24 months. And also the core market as well, farmer buyers looking to expand possibly. They still are very much active in the marketplace at the moment. And in addition, we've also seen some charities buying blocks of land as an investment across the Somerset levels and moors, you know, looking at rewilding projects, that sort of type of thing, which is have really been a whole new land market out there in, in the last 12 months. For someone in, at the other side of that who's the, looking to sell, would you have any tips for them in terms of you know, timing more than anything and any sort of improvements they should make? In terms of selling an, an equipped farm, I mean, it depends on, on the seller's objectives at the end of the day, but we always traditionally say uh, May is the best time to sell a farm. It's when things are looking their best, things are greening up, and it's easier to you know, show people and prospective viewers around a farm at that time of year. In terms of sort of any improvements or anything, I mean, that's very much a personal preference. Um, you know, some vendors and sellers don't you know, wish to explore planning opportunities. They like to leave that up to the buyer, but others may look to, you know, perhaps maximize that value. And, you know, that's another thing we can assist with is obtaining planning consents, you know, to try and maximize the asset value. With the prospect of a recession and a decline in the property market, would you consider land and farms being a safer bet? It's very much going to come down to location and things will be price sensitive, I think, moving forward. I think at this moment in time, we're probably going to have uh, fewer lifestyle buyers coming out in the market. Still very much a buoyant market at the moment. Sort of looking at it from a, the view of the central vendor, the key thing is timing, really, and how long that process takes. You probably want to allow at least six months to do the background work and everything because it's, it's just simple things like, for example, is the farm registered with a land registry? Do we need to try and find the deeds and, and all those sort of background legal checks and, and sort of working alongside your solicitor as well and your accountant taking taxation advice if you're going to retire? All those things need to be considered in the round before just initially putting the farm on the market. So perhaps if you're looking to market a farm sort of in the spring of next year and with a recession looming... Now is probably more of a time to have that chat with someone and see what your options are. Definitely. Yeah. So, Rob, the time has come for you to face our 60-second farming quiz. How are the nerves? I'm feeling the pressure. In the shadow of Derek Biss. Well, as soon as he's got 10 points, that's, that's a lot to live up to. It is, it he, is. He set the bar very high. He has. You've got 60 seconds. 
We'll ask you the questions you cannot pass. You've got to give an answer even if you don't know the, the questions. Right. Um, if, uh, You've got to give an answer even if you don't know the question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of fucking, right. If you don't know the answer, you've got to guess as well. Right, the, uh, the time will start, Rob, when we ask the first question. So, former DEFRA Secretary George Eustace has been criticising the New Zealand and Australia trade deal, but can you name a celebrity in the, in the Australian jungle? Matt Hancock. Correct. How many Sturks were there today? 339. What noise does a duck make? <laughs> Quack. Oh, that was awful. That was <laughs> awful. Uh, which environmental scheme is now anticipated to be modified to form one of the new ELM schemes? Construction. Who is the youngest GTH partner? Who is the youngest? Who who was the young? What? Who is Can the youngest GTH? It's, um, it's quite an easy question. Mm, don't know. You are on the clock. Yeah. Oh God. You've got to give an answer. I, I would say uh, it's cool as a guess between a, a, two of them. Martin Venner. Incorrect. <laughs> I've been generous. Earlier in the year, eight of us GTH auctioneers cycled to London from Sedgemoor. Can you name a town that we cycled through? Basingstoke. That is your time. <laughs> I've I just would, been nice to Martin Venner. So. I would say that even without counting them up, you definitely haven't beaten yeah, Derek. That is you, a miserable effort. It, it was awful, Rob, to yeah. be completely honest with you. Um, Did I get four? I'm... Prepared to say you had five. Oh, that's um, very generous. It could be six if we're happy with the duck noise, but I think yeah. that was a very poor effort. Oh. So am... who's the adjudicator, Andy? Uh, that'll be me. Okay, I think you should give me the point. Uh, it was not a very yeah, You are welcome impression. to have... You have another go now, Rob. No, I, I, I'll pass. <laughs> no. <laughs> five points to Rob. I can safely uh, say you've made it to the bottom of our leaderboard uh, so far. On that note, I expect we should just round up today. A uh, big thank you to Rob for coming in. We just do something at the end of the podcast. What have you got on this week? Got a few valuations and a couple of planning applications to deal with. James? <laughs> um, I was on planning and grant stuff. What have we got on that's different to that? When you say planning and grants, I'm yeah. saying that every week. I've got to have something yeah. different to say. Feet uh, up. Well, you don't know saying welcome to the podcast yeah. every week. I've got a couple of planning applications for a few ag buildings and, uh, yeah, a couple of grant jobs to look at too. <laughs> this is going to be awful. This is going to be awful. And you're going to ask me? No. No. Who cares? Before we finish, Andy? Yes, on Tuesday. Oh, don't do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Andy Clements here. <laughs> Andy, yes, on have Tuesday. Have you got anything on next week? <laughs> yes, on Tuesday, uh, we see the finish of our online machinery sale. And we've got another dispersal sale of 170 cows for the Milverton family on Thursday here at Sedgemoor. So I think that just about rounds us up. Once again, a big thank you to Rob Baker and to Kate Bell. And we hope to see you next week where we will have Will Handel here talking about the store trade and, of course, taking on our big quiz. <laughs> <laughs>